Is it enough to be sorry? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Josh Hayes. Josh, how's it going? It's going well. Hopefully that there's not anything that I need to repent of uh, this this very moment. Well, you know, I'll let you know by the time we're done whether or not uh, we've got some stuff to work out. Because right. as you mentioned, we are talking about repentance today. That's right. So. That's why I had the, the corny, uh, almost mandatory uh, lead in there when you asked how I was doing. Just, you know, just just the expected banter that we hosts have to um, have to practice when it comes to recording things like podcasts. Absolutely. It's not natural if it's not forced, right? So That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of forced, podcasters slash pastor jokes and dad jokes, what is the crossover between those? Oh, I, I think if you had a Venn diagram, it would just be three circles on top of each other. There wouldn't even be any areas that weren't overlapping it would just be three circles on top of one another that's true one circle there you go there you go well maybe we need to repent of those too but uh yeah there'll be things we need to repent of by the time we're done recording so (laughs) just keep that in mind absolutely so let's uh let's dig into this so we're gonna define repentance we're gonna see where we see this in scripture talk about some things that we need to understand about it and then uh how it changes our lives so basically our usual routine all right so kicking it off repentance is a response to god's gracious call to salvation it includes a genuine sorrow for one's sin a turning away from one's sin toward Christ, and a life that reflects lasting change and transformation. It is the human counterpart to God's work of regeneration. In other words, it is the human side of our conversion. So, Josh, if we were to summarize this a little more simply, and at the risk of being reductionistic about it, I'd probably do it like this. Repentance is turning from sin and turning to Christ. Needs a little bit of nuance, but I think that that basically covers the big idea. Would you agree, or is there is there more to it that you would I, add? I, I would agree. I mean, that that's what you're saying in, in one sentence, that that statement that you read earlier for our official definition uh, is saying. So that that's if you want to give a one sentence summary, you can't do much better than that, that, that it's the turning from sin and turning to Christ. So it's it's turning away from one direction and one objective and looking toward something else. And so it's not just a negating of something, uh, you know, avoiding something, but it's 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 a going towards something better. So does that mean, so since you mentioned it, uh, does that mean that uh, our listeners should not be listening to One Direction? Oh, well, I didn't even think about uh, referencing a boy band uh, by by accident. Uh, and, and there you go with the, the podcaster, dad, pastor joke. You, ha- you, had, to, you had to slide I, in. I had to do it. By, so. by, by the time listeners hear this, they're going to be writing feedback that's calling us to repent of our, 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 our corny uh, dad humor. But, uh, but, but no, not, not, uh, I mean, you probably should repent if you're a grown man listening to one direction. So let me just get that out there. I I would affirm that. that. Uh, Yes. Uh, but no, I, I, that was not my, uh, intention 
as a speaker to uh, to reference uh, any any sort of British boy band. I think they're British, right? Yeah, like, I think so. I uh, I don't really know because, yeah. like we said last time, uh, I mostly stopped listening to music that that's been released since 1997. So, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, all right. So Josh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta get back on track. Let's here. get back on track. This is the turning away from the dad jokes and turning and turning toward uh, turning toward the business at hand, which uh, which is where do we see repentance in Scripture besides everywhere? Besides everywhere. Yeah, it's almost presupposed when, uh, you know, an apostle's writing a letter or a prophet speaking to an audience that there there is some need um uh, on some level for for repentance by the by the by the audience which is really usually true of all of us that there's areas where, where we need repentance but uh, a great uh, passage to to kick us off here and considering how uh, repentance is presented in scripture uh, and this this feeds into the the definition you just read a few moments ago is second Corinthians 710 and that that's where Paul is writing and he says, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. So it's showing that repentance is, is more than just an emotional revulsion towards sin, but it's not less than that. Uh, and that there is a way to be regretful and sorrowful towards sin in a worldly way that doesn't lead to salvation. But nonetheless, those components are uh, part and parcel with what a saving repentance uh, look, looks like what biblically yeah. defined rep- repentance is for the for the believer. Uh, another passage where uh, Paul uh, is is uh, recounting his conversion, Jesus' appearance to him on the Damascus Road in Acts twenty six verses seventeen eighteen. Uh, he uh, he he recounts Jesus saying this to him: "I will rescue you from your pe- from your people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn." from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a, and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Uh, going Old Testament now, uh, Psalm 119, 57 through 60 gives us some insight about the, the transformational nature of, of God's word as it, as it works repentance in us by the spirit. And that is the Lord is my person portion this is verse 57 i have promised to keep your words i have sought your favor with all my heart be gracious to me according to your promise i thought about my ways and turned my steps back toward to your decrees i hurried not hesitating to keep your commands and then we see it with jesus as he begins his ministry um, and and preaching publicly in matthew 4 17 it says that jesus began to preach repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So at the very core of Jesus' um, earthly ministries, if we can put it that way, was the call to repent. We need to repent to align ourselves with the kingdom of God as opposed to uh, the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of ourselves, or the kingdoms of sin and the powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acts, uh, Acts is full of calls to repentance. As yes. anybody who's, who's read the book would, would know a lot of the, um, gospel sermons, taking the, the gospel to the Jews and then also to the Samaritans and then over into the fully Gentile world. So you have these calls to repent in light of the crisis come. So this is a 
new message about the promises of God being fulfilled in Christ. So that's that's to be expected that these new new audiences hearing of God's purposes coming to pass in Christ will be called to repent. But uh, we're going to look at a, a, a few here, and that is uh, Acts 2, 37-39. Uh, when they heard this, this was the audience at, at Pentecost, they were, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Uh, then in Acts uh, 3.19, this is uh, Peter speaking again, therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. And then we find Paul and his and uh, his ministry giving a really, I think, good and helpful definition of not only repentance, but its relationship to faith. And it's where Paul says in Acts 20, uh, verse 21, I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So it shows the the mutual relationship, mutual interdependence. I guess we could we could yeah. we could put it that way between faith and, and repentance. So really, as we as we'll talk about in a few moments, there are two sides of the same coin. Um, so repentance toward God, turning away from sin and toward God, and then faith and trust in, in, in Jesus. That that's at the heart of what repentance is. Yeah, and those are a lot of really great examples, and I am glad that you brought in uh, a little bit of Old Testament in there as well. Uh, something, listeners, that's really important to keep in mind is is that repentance is and genuine repentance in the same vein as in the New Testament exists all throughout the Old Testament as well. Um, and you see, but most but most of it is an example form and actual pleas to repent. Um, so for example, you see, you see models of this in everything from Genesis through all the histories, uh, that are, that are recorded, um, within, within the Old Testament. You see it in the Psalms and you see, you see Psalms that actually model repentance like Psalm 51, for example. Um, the, the prophetic writings are largely calls to repentance. Exactly. Um, and so this is so we we don't want at the risk of being obvious about this or or um, uh, you know being too uh, too heavy-handed <laughs> you know about it we need to remember that the, that the whole book is ultimately a book about that that deals with repentance right and right. so, if we so we don't want to misunderstand that whatsoever and it's all the same kind of repentance turn from sin turn to god in faith yeah you think of the beginning of isaiah isaiah chapter one that's really uh an example of the message of the whole bible where he's inviting people to turn to me that your sins may be blotted out yeah Uh, that, that that really frames the whole prophetic um industry if we can put it put it that way in terms of what the, what their ministries were, were largely about and you think of the the judges cycle and how that really is uh, a more radical example but nonetheless still a microcosm of israel's entire history and also our lives as as the people of god to today where you have this this um after after a period of, of faithfulness fall into idolatry and rebellion mm-hmm. and then 
experience of the consequences of that sin than a crying out for God's deliverance. And you see that cycle uh, over and over in the book of Judges. And but really, it, it's it's indicative of of the rest of the of the biblical story and even our, our own stories as we get caught up in the cycles of sin. Yeah, uh, and the Lord is always faithful to to deliver us when we when we seek Him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about what we need to understand about this doctrine. So I'll kick us off here with this first one, which is that repentance is not only a change of mind and will, but it is not less than that either. So, um, you know, as uh, as the song says, it is more than a feeling, and specifically, <laughs> it's more than feeling sorry about sin or its consequences every every so often you said it really well when we were talking about um uh when we were talking about second corinthians 7 mm-hmm. uh, a moment ago that there is this idea there is this idea of worldly grief and that's just being sorry that you got caught right um you're sorry for the personal consequences that you're experiencing not necessarily sorry for how it's affect how what your sin has done has affected someone else um, and what it um, and its offense toward God. Um, those are that's a key difference. So um, uh, what but genuine repentance does include a really a personal moral revulsion to sin. A recognition, a genuine recognition of its reality as rebellion against God, and and um, and coming to terms with its side effects and its results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to, and and that's the thing. It's it's, and not just in terms of what it's done to us, but how it affects how it affects us, how it affects the world, how it affects people around us. Um, our how it damages our relationship to God. All of this comes together. This is why David could say when he uh, when he sinned against multiple people right. in his encounter with Bathsheba, not the least of which was her <laughs> um, in his abuse of his power. When you look at that account in in Second Samuel, there's no there's virtually no one he didn't sin against in that. Um, and yet, when he repents of this in in this in his psalm, uh, he says, "Against you only have I sinned, mm-hmm. Lord." But that's his primary recognition: is that it's like his sin. Although, yes, horizontally, many, many, many people have been affected by this and have been sinned against in this. Um, he had it is first and foremost um, his relationship with God that has been hindered and damaged because right. of his sin. So, and that's what we have to see for ourselves. So, um, and as we go, uh, with the Spirit's help, there will be um, expressions of repentance throughout our entire life. Um, this is why Martin Luther would call the Christian life one of repentance. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it's all of repentance, right? Truly. Yeah, first of the 95 Theses, so that that yeah. important to Martin Luther in defining the, the Christian life. Exactly. Um, now, that doesn't mean that we walk around in sackcloth and ashes all the time, um, we or that we're joyless and, you know, miserable and listening to Bell and Sebastian. We don't have to do that. Um, 
you know, we instead get to in like we can enjoy life, but we also recognize um, that we also recognize just how bad sin is. Right, right. As we've talked about in other episodes, I think you put it this way, Aaron, is that really the the call to 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 be a Christian throughout the throughout the New Testament is is let you be you as you are, you know, newly created and renewed by the by the Spirit, uh, working with with the Word to um, make you understand and pursue your identity in Christ and repentance is is is, is settling into that it's settling mm-hmm. into your identity, no longer identifying yourself primarily as as a sinner who's without hope. And uh, just really the 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 subject uh, and victim of of the the fallenness of of, of this world is you're sort of tossed around aimlessly uh, throughout life. But instead, it's this uh, repentance is an active embracing of who we who we are in Christ. So it, in in repentance, as we were saying, it's more than a feeling, but there is this necessary sorrow over sin and a recognition for what it is. And there's also this necessary forsaking of sin. So it, it gets mm-hmm. practical and how salvation is lived out and it will inevitably be lived out. If you have the spirit of Christ li- living in you and leading you, compelling you, um, if we can put it that way uh, to righteousness. So uh, as people have put it, we, you know, they say we are what we eat. Well, we, we are what we love that, that, that is, that is uh, we are, our, our, our actions uh, not so much define us, but they reveal who, who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think of the, the line in the, in the, in the Batman begins film, right. Where he says, it's not, it's not what's underneath the, the mask, but what I do to defines me. Well, I, I might put that a little bit differently and say, it's what, what you do that re- reveals who you are. As Jesus said, it's out of the mouth that the heart speaks. And so if we love sin habitually, we're really showing that we don't love God and we don't love Christ. Uh, if we, if we, if this is the pattern of our life, the trajectory of our life is to pursue sin above the things of God, then really we don't have any confidence to think that we're that we're saved. If that's the normative pattern uh, of our life, in which there aren't these, uh, in, in which there's no um, ongoing repentance or eventual repentance out of a, out of a season uh, of that, and you have warning passages in Hebrews that, that speak mm-hmm. to that. You think of Hebrews 10, 26, it says, if we go on sinning deliberately, there no longer remains for us a sacrifice for sin. So G- Jesus' death doesn't count for you unless you evidence that you have faith in him and union with him and access to the, the benefits that he purchased for his people. Uh, you think of uh, in First John, it's those who have been born again who love God, who keep his commandments, who love God and love one another. They're these almost tests, if you could put it that way, these conditions, mm-hmm. if you have eternal life throughout, uh, throughout first John, that if anybody doesn't keep his commandments, it says then the, the truth isn't in him or my, or God's love isn't in him. Phrases like that throughout first John. Uh, one thing I wanted to speak to though, with regard to this uh, framing repentance and we are what we love or just coming to recognize that there's something better mm-hmm. uh, out there to pursue, which is God as he's revealed in Christ. That's the one thing that can, can satisfy us is that we shouldn't see repentance as just this, this negative, I'm just going to avoid, you know, almost like these hunger or starvation diets that don't work because you, you're not going to be able to uh, just avoid consuming food that, that, uh, that appeals to you uh, for, for a long period of time, at least. 
and uh, the Puritans had this outlook on repentance where it was it was seen as displacing one set of affections, or if they're they're sinful affections, their their lusts is the is the historical way that's been that's been talked about in, uh, in Christian uh, literature. But displacing mm-hmm. you 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 set aside one um, set of affections, not not mechanically, but as you grow in the spirit, as you develop a, a, a taste for better and more godly things, you replace these 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 lusts these 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 uh, less than ideal affections with greater affections for something else and something better. And that that's God as he's revealed in Christ. Thomas Goodwin has a famous quote uh, that I'll mention here uh, when it, when it comes to this whole process of, of purging out the old desires and replacing them with new and better uh, desires. And that's till sin be bitter, Christ will not be sweet. And so the only way to get past our sin is that we, we take we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good to quote Psalm 34 I believe it is mm-hmm. and only once we realize that there's more joy more lasting joy more more uh, permanent gratification in Christ than there is in sin uh, we're, we're not gonna want to flee from our sin but thankfully it's what God supernaturally works in us he gives us in a supernatural way new taste buds as it were right yeah. people say they don't like to eat healthy food well some of that's because we don't eat it for long enough to orient ourselves to the taste, to acquire the taste. Uh, every six months, I believe the, the data suggests that we get new taste buds. So if you eat something long enough habitually, you can develop a, a taste for it. So really the Christian life is just getting familiar with our with our new taste buds by tasting of, of God and the things of God and see that they, they, are, they are good. So repentance is just a, a, a way of talking about actually enjoying God for who he is revealed mm-hmm. to us and known in Christ. And we, we know and lo- come to know and love that better than the fleeting pleasures of sin in this world. Yeah, that is a, a really, really good point. And, and, and something that we have to remember as well as we, uh, as we consider something that we, we touched on briefly earlier, but uh, needs to be stated again, which is that repentance is not a work that earns salvation. Um, but it's an in- initial condition to receive salvation and ongoing evidence of salvation. So it is um, uh, so it is absolutely essential to our lives. So we said earlier, um, it's not a one and done kind of thing. And so right. you know, in certain circles, um, you know, you'll hear repentance, you know, connected to things like a, a one-time sinner's prayer or walking down an aisle or signing a card or putting your hand up or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever you might see, you know, in more revivalistic kind of traditions and things like that. Um, You know, you'll see, you know, that what we need to know there though is, is that um, that's like, while yes, there is an initial repentance and uh, a repentance that is repent and believe the gospel, we continue on to repent and believe the gospel. So every time we repent, what we are saying is, is that we are turning away from sin and turning in faith toward Christ. I mean, that's why you shared Acts 20, 21 is, is we get to see those two as this, as those two sides of that same coin, right? That um, when you turn away, you have to turn to something. And so what are you turning toward? Are you just turning from one sin to another sin or are you turning toward Christ? Um, you know, we, 
Uh, and which also is that reminder that it's like this is not a single work, but it is a trajectory. It's mm-hmm. it leads repentance leads to a life of good works and is part of that. Um, it's part of God. Uh, it's it is related to. Uh, it's how we respond to God's grace um, and is a manifestation of our sanctification. So God's transforming grace in our lives um, in an ongoing fashion. Um, but while it's easy to, 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 to say all of this, what's interesting is, is that this seems like it's something that has been debated a fair bit um, throughout really um, more in a fever pitch uh, in the last on and off in the last 40 years or so. Right, um, right. I mean, I know that um, based on, although, you know, Josh, you and I, we were um, we were either children or not born when <laughs> uh, some of these things were going on, um, and I also was not part of a part of a like any sort of Christian environment or family or anything like that while this was right, going right. on. But um, you know, in the '80s, there was a pretty strong debate that was going on among amongst Christians um, about this idea of free grace versus lordship salvation. Um, you know, you see you see other manifestations of that as well in different circles that all come around basically human agency is is ultimately what it comes down to. Can you can you believe without Jesus being your Lord as well? Right. Um, is a lot of it. Yeah, some of the, the, the what was called the free grace movement, it objected to the idea that repentance was necessary for salvation because it was perceived in that system to be a work. So if you're going to say that the gospel's free and completely of grace, uh, the salvation's of grace, then we can't require repentance. So repentance was sort of this optional thing for those who want to submit to Jesus as Lord, and they got additional rewards in the in the afterlife in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in order to be saved, in order to get your ticket to heaven, as, as to use that metaphor, uh, you, you just had to merely believe. But then for those who wanted to be serious Christians, they they could repent. That that was that teaching. And, and unfortunately, that has some serious, uh, and we, we're still seeing it today, some serious uh, fallout and consequences and that i think a lot of people we we can safely say were deluded into thinking they were christians when they're not because they would rest their assurance and their confidence of being right before god and the in the fact that they prayed a prayer one time or walked an aisle signed a card something like that and so they put it all in this past experience but then there's not evidence that god supernaturally changed them from the inside out and in granting them saving lasting faith that leads to a life of repentance. And so there was just, there was bad teaching going about, and then it had really serious consequences for, for evangelism and discipleship in terms of what that was even to, that was even to look like it. There, a lot of this was driven by uh, wanting to get as many people saved, uh, which is a good desire. We want to see as many people come into the kingdom to repent and believe as, as we can. Uh, but but they were leaving out the repentance, and they were presenting, as we, we talked about in p- previous episodes, a, a savior from hell, but not a savior from sin. Yes, Jesus is a savior from hell. He saves us from the, the coming and righteous mm-hmm. judgment of God, but he also saves us from sin and its its current effects in our lives because following him as Lord is, is, is superior and more joyful. It's better for us yeah. than to make sin our, our, our master, uh, as, as it were. 
And so, uh, so yeah, there was there was that debate. We're still seeing some some, some fallout. Uh, but it, as you said, stated earlier, repentance is not something we're doing to to earn our salvation. It's not a work, but it, it's a condition. It's an expression of our faith, and it's that condition that God's required in order to dispense His His grace to us. And it's a response to God's grace. So speaking of responding to God's grace, when we think about repentance, what difference should this doctrine make? We've got two things here. Um, I'm, I'll handle one, and then you can wrap us up, Josh. Um, sure. Uh, so when we think about repentance and, and the difference it makes in our lives, this should be a constant reminder to take sin seriously. Um, you know, we've talked about that a lot recently um, as we've been going through our doctrines, as we've been going through our sessions, uh, because it is a pervasive issue. We're always tempted to treat sin with kids' gloves in a way that we should not, uh, to downplay it because of, um, you know, because of a misunderstanding of of it in light of the gospel in, in many cases, or um, being too... Um, too highly discipled by our culture and its and mm-hmm. its full on embracement of virtually every sin under the sun, and so we don't want to we don't want to do that. We also don't want to be wagging our fingers at the culture because what else do you expect sinners to do except love sin? So, um, right. <laughs> so we, we we as Christians should be the least surprised that sinners sin. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we should be the most disappointed when Christians do, though. Um, and so that is, and starting with ourselves, right? Yeah. First and foremost, that's the thing. Um, so, what this doctrine does, though, what remembering the need for repentance, the ongoing reality of it, does, is that when is it should cause us to look at our lives carefully. And mm-hmm. to see, okay, am I sinning periodically or am I sinning habitually? Am I running from sin or am I turning toward it? Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, asking the question, whose kingdom do we serve? Uh, do our lives manifest and reflect the kingdom of God and, and, the, and, and a genuine love for Christ? Or... Does it look more like does it look more like the world than we would maybe want to admit? So definitely, yeah, definitely supernatural component there uh, revealed in our, our repentance. Which kingdom do we belong to? And I wanted to follow up as far as practical takeaways here. We talked about earlier uh, the Puritans had this uh, outlook on not not looking at repentance as just this sort of negative turning away and avoiding of, of the bad things uh, that, that, that we should do that but uh, replacing our, our bad desires or our lesser desires with, with, be- with better ones and finding a lasting joy in Christ, um, this sort of this, this placing uh, love, greater affections that build up toward Christ. But uh, we should see repentance as this freedom that God's given us to, to no longer live like we're in bondage to sin. Like we, as you look at the, the, the account of the Israelites in the, the wilderness, when they took their eyes off who God is and what he had done delivering them from their situation. They, they, they idealized what life was like back in Egypt when they were enslaved and, 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 and treated inhumanely with uh, harsh labor 
and, and so and and so forth and having to serve another kingdom but god's liberated us and given us new life because we're united with the risen jesus and, and paul uses that language of us being resurrected with jesus is, is a way that says we can enjoy our freedom in christ in obeying god so it's not so turning from sin is is denying ourselves something yes we should turn away from sin but it, it turning away to enjoy something better and ultimately more more satisfying is christ has died to sin paul says in um, romans 6 he's died to sin once but now he lives to god and that's to be the model of, of the christian life so we should also live the resurrection life that christ has has imparted to us and it's not only that we should do that though it's that we can right when when you don't think you have the tools for a job sometimes you're more uh, negligent you're less motivated to do a job but but god's given us what we need in christ by the spirit to lead a life of repentance and so it's not only that we should do it but we can do it and if we're in christ if we're truly in christ we we will and and repentance um as we were talking about glorification on a, on a recent episode glorification is finally when we'll be spared of and and completely removed from the the presence and the power of sin. Sin will no longer affect us. We'll be what God intended us to be from the beginning in a permanent, secure way. Well, repentance is just us getting ready to live that way. It's trying to live consistently in light of this glorification state to come. You were eagerly and soberly awaiting in a day where, where the, the, the all the ransomed church of God, right, to quote the hymn, will be saved to sin no more. Uh, since I guess I guess I'm it, it's obligational right that that we end with a, with a quote from a hymn that's uh, that's typically the way that uh, that a lot of a lot of uh, evangelicals and particularly Baptists roll right. That's a good way to end it. So Josh, thanks for that and keeping us consistent. Uh, and thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Mm-hmm.